So Alyssa, I was thinking about this as a long-term strategy, but let's just say hypothetically, we were to become famous and what now would have spread across the globe. You know, we could save money by not having to get anyone to dub over us in Japan or Spain. With that being said, bienvenida, chicas y chicos. podcast <laughs> <laughs> Oh, me encanta. Perfect. So what now? Welcome back, everybody, to our podcast. We're on episode three already. I'm so excited because... This is my favorite topic, travel. Yes, but before we get too excited and start talking about travel, just for a bit of context, everyone, (laughs) What Now is a podcast that talks about the problems and issues the school never prepared us for and how we go about dealing with them. In this case, we're talking about what it means to leave your country to try something completely different and new in another part of the globe. And to start off with, as always, I am Ken. And I am Alyssa. And we have a very special guest speaker who I am so excited to introduce you to. And all I will tell you is that she is packing up her life, jumping on a motorbike with her boyfriend and her dog and riding off into the beautiful Southern sunset. That's all you need in life. A motorbike, a partner, a dog on a bike (laughs) going into the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Absolutely. So we're very excited to present this episode to you today. In fact, it's, it's very exciting because this episode does pertain to a lot of stuff that's very close to us. I've traveled overseas, you're living overseas. Do you want to remind our listeners a little bit about what you've been up to? Yes. So I, so obviously I'm originally from Australia, but I've been living in Spain, in Madrid, uh, since September last year. And uh, yeah, I have uh, definitely many, many things to share on what I've um, been currently experiencing, what I've learned, so many tips and tricks and really just growing independence and growing yourself as a person. Um, I'm really excited to, to touch on more about that. I am too. My experience is that I lived in Japan for a year from 2012 to 2013 when the Mayan calendar said that we'd all die and I'm still here. So so I guess that's proof that miracles do happen. Uh, But the experience itself was amazing. And it was one of those things where both of us have gone to countries that were completely different from where we're from. You have to embrace a new language. You have to overcome language barriers. You have to better understand how to look after yourself. So there's a lot of life management involved. And really it's just about taking care of yourself and learning how to almost become an adult very quickly in handling a variety of new, interesting and unusual circumstances. What would you say is like one of the, what would you say is like an example of that for you, Alyssa? In terms of a positive or a negative experience? Let's do positive. I think, um, I mean, Wait, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> Are you even listening? Um, what, what was, um, what did I learn? Did you say? <laughs> I think one of the biggest things is, was the language barrier to begin with um, because I did study Spanish at university and I did actually study in the South of Spain over four years ago on a short term study tour. So I did have like 
basic Spanish after four years when I first arrived. However, I thought that meant that, oh yeah, I can be conversational and I'll be fine. I'll get by. However, in Madrid, Madrid's quite different to the rest, a lot of the rest of Spain. There's not a lot of people actually speak English here. So when I did first arrive, it, it was actually quite a bit of a struggle because I just had no idea what anyone was saying. I could not understand anything. They were talking so fast and there were times where I would have to go to, for example, foreign offices or consulate offices and even those people couldn't speak any English and that was a very big challenge. However, since then, my, my priority over here was to really become a local, really become a, a, a Madrilena over here in Madrid, which meant making Spanish friends. So all my friends over here are Spanish and that's really actually how I've learned Spanish. I did do a couple of classes when I first arrived, but I didn't really actually like them because there was too many, there was like, it was like a group of 30 people. And I was like, this is, this is too much. Like, this is not, you know, I need, I need sort of more of that, like, I guess, smaller, smaller focus or one-on-one focus. And so I've just been doing like one-on-one classes with my, one of my girlfriends over here and she's helped me so much. And then at the same time, I just speak Spanish when I'm with my Spanish friends. And really that's the way that I've learnt to speak Spanish and, and get by and be actually conversational now and really, really take it all in. Like, yes, over here there's people on, you know, student exchanges and, you know, I was on a student exchange four years ago and I had just hung out with Australians. But being over here and actually having Spanish friends and hanging out and doing what Spanish people do, it is such a different experience and I really have a home here now because I, I feel like a bit of a Spanish person over here now because I'm doing what all the Spanish are doing. And I have those, Span- I have a Spanish group of friends. I've sort of adapted to that lifestyle in changing my body clock over here with all the different, with the different eating styles, like late lunches and late dinners. And I've always had a bit of like Spanish in me or Latino in me in the sense that I love going salsa dancing <laughs> as well. But really it's fully adapting and assimilating to your culture. It's not going to Spain and hanging out with Australians. <laughs> God, no. God, no. It's, from my experience, it's pretty similar too. You, in order to embrace a new country and to really get the most out of it, if language is at the very least your goal, you need to fully assimilate yourself into it. I worked for a interesting bar a nightclub in Kyoto where the sheer volume of customers meant that I had to use Japanese all the time. And even though it was an international bar, 90% of our clientele were Japanese. And it was phenomenal because I met the most colorful range of people in that environment. And most of them came from a wide variety of different backgrounds. You had students, gangsters, the whole lot. And it was a really great way of immersing myself as well as learning language and coming well, I mean, coming away with an accent from the experience too, not in the traditional sense. Uh, in Kyoto, in that particular region, they have like a very specific regional dialect and being able to sort of take that and almost have a signature to my accent was a nice touch because I felt like I'd become even more of a local than I would have if I'd just studied at university. So 100%. it was a... It was a unique experience. So yeah, this is basically what you get from travel. Just go out there, embrace it, learn something new and do it while you're young so you can enjoy yourself. 
absolutely travel while you can, while you still have your health, while you're young and you can do it. So all I say is go, just do it. Stop waiting. And before we introduce our guest speaker, do you want to just tell us a little bit about who Carter is? Absolutely. So Carter is my beautiful cousin. She is originally from Hungary and she's been living in Spain for the last seven years. So she's done quite a lot of soul searching and traveling and adventuring probably for the last 10 years. She is turning 37 tomorrow, actually. It's her birthday. Jesus, happy birthday. She, she's given me permission to, to tell uh, her age because she looks 27 and she just has just an incredible energy and character that I really aspire and am inspired by because she's doing what not a lot of people in their 30s would do. That's why she's a really, really great speaker for our podcast today because it really will resonate with a lot of you listeners. Amazeballs. So... Yes, we're now introducing our guest speaker. Hooray! (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) And already we're off to a great start. (laughs) Hi, nice to meet you all. I'm Kata. Kata, lovely to meet you. Tell us about yourself. All right. Um, Well... What's the most important thing? Is it that I'm Hungarian or that I'm an English teacher or that I live in Spain? So, they all, all, they all have. All, all of the above. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, also, well, I'm a yoga instructor too. Uh, oh, here wow. you go. And um, I don't know, just uh, enjoying life in Spain in general. That's me living in Madrid. So tell us, with regards to your time um, abroad in Madrid, how did you first come here? Were you living uh, anywhere else before that? Well, actually, well, I'm in Spain. I think I just fell in love with the country. So I went to, I went to Zaragoza first and I was there for a year, working there for a year. Um, and I had a great time, went back home and I just felt something was missing from my life. And that was uh, probably just uh, the vibe, you know, I found there. I feel that Spanish vibe all up in my body right now too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still yearning for a bit of that over says experience again, Uh, but we'll, but we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about Carter. So Carter, tell us about um, where are you going to go traveling? Oh my God. Um, All around basically. I I can't really say where because, um, there's no destination as such. I'm just going to be on the road for a while, for as long as um, we're pleased to be on the road, traveling to different countries. Do you have some countries that you have got an idea as to where you'll be going? All right. Um, for that, you need to know that we're traveling on two motorbikes with our dog and that I learned to ride a bike about a year and a half ago. So I love that. I decided <laughs> she's she's oh, yeah. a bad, bad biker chick. <laughs> bad <laughs> We need more of those in our lives. Um, they're not the imagery, please. No, I, I don't identify with that. I identify with a terrible helmet here, biker type. Um, that's me. Anyway, um, so I need to learn how to properly ride my bike. So we stick to Europe for the moment, and that's going to be the first leg of our trip. Mm. Hmm. And so, Carter, before, before we get into your travel plans, what, what made you decide to want to just go? Right. Um, you know how we always, like all of us just want to 
travel all the time, looking forward to holidays. Yeah. Right. Um, I just felt it was really sad that we live for our holidays. You know, you have your work life and then you're planning your holidays, all all those months working. And I thought that's just, you know, terrible. We should just go for it and live our best lives. So Mm. that's, that's how we decided to do it. Obviously there were like other stuff going on and which made me realize that probably now is the time because I have no attachments. I'm free and happy and I just found a person who would like to do the same thing. Did you find that with the person that you're with right now too, they also shared a similar drive to just get out and just go for a wild adventure? Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of content. I'm content with my life. I'm very happy with whatever I'm doing. Um, but I felt that he actually had like a stronger drive. He always wanted to go, but kind of settled into a routine. So there were some changes that um, kind of made me <laughs> decide to quit my job. And then I told him that, that we were then, from then on, we were just like preparing for this trip and going on a round the world trip, basically. So, mm. yeah, he always wanted to do it, could never get round to. And then um, this is it, we just decided to do it now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love how spontaneous this is. <laughs> Quite a bit. Well, if you if you want to know, like, really, what um, made me decide was that my father passed away um, a year ago, and he always mm-hmm. wanted to travel and could kind of never get round to it. And I thought, you know, that's crap. Like now he would have had the time to go, and obviously things happened otherwise. And I thought, I don't want to. I don't want to get into the situation where you just suddenly realize that you can't do whatever you dreamed about. And also, um, because of that, I had to literally, um, I, I came to kind of crossroads and had to decide whether to leave my job or not. Uh, so it was kind of an easy decision, to be honest. Like after that, it was just like, right, <laughs> I'm doing the thing that is right for me at the moment. This is the right thing to do. What would you sort of tell people thinking about doing what you're doing and sort of packing up everything and, and just going? Like what would you, what would you tell them? Oh my God, it's so liberating. I would just tell them to do it like right away, <laughs> not mm. think any longer. It's quite important just not to think about it too much because then, then it gets really terrifying. So um, yeah, I found it just amazing. It's just so wonderful to finally not be in a routine. And also it's so great to get rid of all this stuff. I mean, I tried not to accumulate too much. But even <laughs> so, you know how your you know, wardrobe looks like after a year of living in a foreign country or even yeah. back home. Oh, my goodness. Hashtag minimalism is definitely <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I will be honest when I say that I've learned that the hard way because I have I kind of accumulate stuff over time for my travels and I just like add it around my room and I quickly realized to myself this is by far the most expensive future Airbnb plan that I've ever made for myself <laughs> <laughs> and it has no value in the moment whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you know what? It, whatever cures it is just grab a motorbike. Like you can't really pack things on a motorbike because <laughs> you've got no, no. space. <laughs> so you won't even grab things from different countries because you have nowhere to put those things. It's great. You just like travel light, um, you know, take just a uh, few clothes and then um, don't buy anything in a country because you can't store it anywhere. Perfect. Yeah. And, and get a dog in the meantime too. 
passionate. All right, yeah, that's that's big time. The best part of our trip, honestly, mm. that the is coming with us. I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> So, Carter, with regards to what your plans are, it's very spontaneous, it's very liberating, but I feel that for a lot of people who are younger, they go through this phase of paralysis of analysis. They keep looking to the future thinking, oh, no, like, how will I get a job? How will I be able to sustain myself? How will I be able to make this work for myself in the future? What would you say is the best advice to people who are really struggling to get their heads around this idea of just going off and doing it? Okay. So I, I'd say that there are loads of communities to support travelers. And actually what we're planning to do is just to do uh, stuff like help exchange and roofing. So for us, it's not just uh, traveling for traveling, but also learning some new skills and unlearning some stuff that we're used to. So we are tr- we're going to try and connect with people in different countries and try and find uh, work as in helping out for food and accommodation mm-hmm. or, you know, for example, English speakers, like, go and teach English. It's just so easy. You get a certificate and then, you know, you can do it online. You can do it while you're traveling. There's so many options. Or just not be afraid of, like, so, so for our plan, which is not really a plan, it's like when we run out of money, we're going to stop and work and, you know, accumulate enough money to get back on our bikes and just carry on traveling. Mm. Yeah. And I think when, when people are, try, like, they're in the – the thinking phase of like, oh, you know, I really want to do this, but, you know, I'm nervous, like like similar to what Ken said, I don't have a job or like what job could I do over there? Yeah, like there is always these different options. But I like how you said that you're, you know, wanting to sort of deep dive into learning some different skills. What do you think are the most important things when actually assimilating to a different culture and and adapting to different people and different countries like what what do you think are the most important things that you take away from those experiences all right that's uh, that's an interesting one um i think so for me traveling was about understanding how people are different in different countries and just uh, not be offended by the difference in the cultures you see for example mm. a lot of people find spanish the Spanish route, right? It's just, no, they're just straightforward. They're very direct. Yeah. It's going to be totally different. It's the same, um, for example, for Hungarians, Hungarians are very, very straightforward. So for most of the English speakers, <laughs> no matter whether, you know, it's the US, it's uh, Britain or Australia, it's, it's just too much. It's just, you know, too full on. So basically you just go with an open mindset and, uh, and just know that they're going to be different. And you adapt to that because you can't expect them to kind of know everything. I don't know. Probably that. Yeah, no, I love that. I love it. And are you are you just going to play it all by ear? Are you have you booked a lot of things, or are you sort of just? Oh no, we booked nothing. Driving into the. <laughs> Actually, no, I, we're I, driving I, into the unknown. No, I didn't. Exactly. You know what? The best thing about motorcycling and. Um, you know, as much as I was, I was, I was so scared of motorbikes. I never wanted to ride a bike, and here I am doing this. But the best thing about it is just like you—you you can stay wherever you want to for as long as you want to, and then you can hop on your bike and just, um, you know, carry on, on with your trip. So, I think it's also for me, it's important that whenever I feel that I'm happy uh, somewhere, or I just want to kind of get some rest and stay there for a little longer, then I can do that. 
Mm. And other than that, like carry on. And if I hear about something interesting, then I can go there. So no, we, we really, we really are not the planning kind of people. We don't plan a lot. Mm. We have kind of a name. So we want to get to the North Cape. That's it. And then come back down. Um, but, you know, we'll see whether that happens. And if it doesn't happen, well, then whatever. It didn't happen. And then we, you know, experience other things. We are definitely related. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, not half as you know much a globe trotter as you are already you know mm. um, you know what's really interesting is that for you guys uh it's very much a spontaneous like let's just see whatever happens but for me i'm a little bit different in the sense that i usually have a few plans set in place ahead of me in terms of things that I usually want to get out of travel. Like when I went overseas to Japan years ago, I knew that I wanted to get like, I wanted to um, establish a good network of friends. I knew that I wanted to learn the language. I knew that I wanted to come back with skills that I didn't have before that. But at the same time, they weren't concrete. It wasn't ever like, I want to get this particular score out of my university degree. It was never, I want to accumulate X amount of money from my job when I'm in this particular role. There were no sort of traditional hard boxes that I needed to tick off. Mm. Do you feel that um, with your current <clears throat> adventure that you have a few things that you would like to achieve on your journey? You said like, obviously the North Cape is something that's up there as a destination per se, if you get there, but are there any other things that you want to get out of this trip? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I've been uh, I've been teaching for so long, honestly, like really long time, and I just I just felt like these past few years that I want to change <clears throat> some things about it. For example, I wanna I wanna work in a different way. I I love teaching. I adore what I do, but um, I need to change. For example, the schedule. I need to think about what else I could do. So basically for me, it's just uh, exploring options and um, seeing what happens on the road and who I meet, what network I can build and how I can carry on basically with my career. And obviously I have, I have my own targets and goals in, in this sense. So yeah, definitely. So for my professional life, this is, this is kind of not a hiatus, but like a new experience that I, I know it will definitely help for me to kind of move on to different uh, phase, if not level, if you know what I mean. Mm. Yes, it's a very transformative period. I've having, I was going to say, because <laughs> you've been there and done that. I've been there and done that. Alyssa is transforming before our eyes. Yeah. She will probably turn into Wonder Woman by the end of this entire journey. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I'm making the prequel of Transformers. And, and Carter, just over the past, you know, I guess 10 years or so that you've sort of been abroad and you've been traveling to different places, have there been any really big challenges that you've had to overcome while you've been away from your original birthplace and <laughs> how did you sort of overcome those challenges? Oh yeah. Well, I guess of course. Um, but it had to do more about like settling down in a country. So not really traveling. I find traveling easy. I guess you always go like, well, me, I'm a bit apprehensive going to a country where I've never been. For example, when we travel to Balkans, like in Hungary, Albania has really bad rap. So you get there and you're just worried about everything. And it turns out all the people are absolutely lovely. You know, everyone is just there to help you out. Everyone wants to kind of give you money just in case you don't have the currency, you know, give you food, whatever. So 
that's great. That's something. It's like probably overcoming fears, but it's just something. It's the unknown, isn't it? For me, it was more challenging. I know, unlike you, Alyssa, like settling down and finding my my place in Spain, I found it really hard. But that was more kind of transitioning. (laughs) My first six weeks were hard. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, your your first six weeks were not fun. That was um. Yeah, I mean, having a child throw a rock at your head, you know, that's that's not a good time. But no, it did. It did go up from there. No, no, I do. You also had excellent advice because you moved to Madrid and not to another city where people are less open-minded. Yeah. I don't know who recommended you that. <laughs> <laughs> Is it someone in the conversation? Hmm, I wonder. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> no, I'm you know so what though? You. You're very lucky too, Alyssa, that you had the fortitude to not be like, right, fuck this. I'm going back to Australia. Um, yeah, no, no, absolutely not. I think... Um, I, my whole dream was to live in Spain. So, you know, I wasn't going to let, you know, a little problem at the time. Um, <laughs> you mean a child? I mean, yeah, three, three boys. It was so funny when I remember speaking to, speaking to dad about it and dad was like, what, you're not, you, you're not going to really let three, you know, 10 year old boys defeat you. Are you Alyssa? <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, no, very true. So I was just very lucky to be able to get out of that situation within 48 hours. Um, but I was definitely not going to let that, yeah, stop me from, you know, ruining my, uh, stop me from, you know, having an amazing experience. And I just knew that I had to get out of that situation as soon as possible. And, and I did. And yeah, everything sort of went up from there, which was, which was, you know, I'm very fortunate for that. I don't know about you. I feel like if you've overcome that kind of a situation, everything else just seems trivial after that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was going to ask, are you nervous about what you're about to do? (laughs) Of course I am. Um, Oh my goodness. I mean, imagine that. Like, can you imagine that really? You quit your job. So basically you have no income and you leave your flat and you're selling all your furniture and then donating most of your clothes to charities. Um, And then, I am building my own motorbike, which is nowhere near finished. And we are leaving in three weeks. So do you think I'm nervous? <laughs> no. Nah, no. So yeah, I think the moment we hit the road, it's going to be fine. Or at least it's going to be just challenges on the road. But for the moment, uh, yeah, it's quite nerve wracking, to be honest. You seem to be holding it very well together. Is it all the yoga? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely helps, you know. Yoga philosophy is all about non-attachment, so there you go. I'm practicing all of that, you know. Uh, deep dive into yoga philosophy. Yeah. Very good, very good. I'm glad to see that you're taking those skills on the road with you. So, <laughs> I um one other question that I wanted to ask about, and this is something that I think plagues a lot of people before they go overseas, is money. Are you at all worried about that at all? Right. Um, no, it's, you know what? This is a funny thing because I was so worried about money while I was working. Like I actually had a solid job, real good salary, you know, all going for me. And I was always worried about money. And now that I quit my job, I'm, I'm not worried about money anymore. <laughs> it's just really like a paradox. But um, being on the road, like obviously we saved up some money. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to kind of um, set up and go and settle up. And then it's just that, like, you know, where your limits are, you're going to be monitoring your expenses, like 
you know, mm. how much you spend a day. It's, I think it's very important to know, to be aware. And then you'll know when you have to stop or change something to kind of earn some more money to be able to carry on. But in my case, well, it's easier because I, I do feel that I can work anywhere in the world because uh, I, you know, I taught Spanish before. I'm an English teacher. I have yoga. And then I'm not worried. You know, I can work anywhere. I don't mind working in a restaurant or, you know, doing something new just to get you know, just some to- bucks to kind of carry on. Yeah. Because yeah. in my experience with some people that I've traveled with, there is that apprehension to almost indulge or spend money on things when you're overseas because they're constantly thinking of a budget in their head. And I can understand that money budgeting is always going to be something that you have to con- contend with. But I feel like that's life in general. It's never going to be something that will be easy to manage at all times of your life, especially when you're traveling, but to limit your experiences because you don't have enough money when you actually have the opportunity to earn it with your skill set, I think is really giving in to yourself, which is not a good way to go forward. Mm. Now that's true. I think, um, all right. So imagine that, for example, you're in Turkey and then you could hot air balloon in Cappadocia and you're thinking about your budget. Like, would you go for it? I most probably I would because, uh, who knows when you'll be back in Cappadocia being able to do hot air ballooning. So then I would probably just uh, go for it, not worry, and then figure out um, the whole thing later. <laughs> yeah. I had a very similar experience recently where I was in New Zealand and I had the opportunity to go iceberg kayaking. And I remember thinking at the time, this is expensive, but I've earned this money and it's worth it. So I'm, and also I'm, like you said, I'm probably never going to get this opportunity again for a while. So go for it. Alyssa, have you had a similar experience? I was actually just going to jump in and say, um, uh, I have definitely had experiences where, for example, I was in America last year and um, I, I had a backup credit card to help me in case I (laughs) ran out of money because (laughs) I'm not that amazing at budgeting at all. So in those situations, Obviously that was like a lot more expensive than we had thought it would be because we were doing like the whole, the full on helicopter Grand Canyon tour in the desert. And for those kind of experiences, I, I wouldn't even hesitate to say no to that because like you said, again, like when is, when's the next time we could potentially be back. And if you have a, if you have a credit card, that's going to help you actually have that experience in the time then and you have all intention of of paying off paying that off um you know (laughs) over the next few months then i think then i think that is like totally fine because i i genuinely think that a lot of people have negative views on credit cards a lot of people do but i i believe that negative view of, of a credit card just comes from a negative mindset because for me personally i don't have a negative view of credit cards because i've always been i've always paid it paid it back or paid it off and I feel like it's helped me in the moment where I've really wanted to experience something that I might not get to experience ever again. And for me, that's a really, that's a really awesome thing. It's, it's sort of like helping to fund that experience that you want in the now and being, you know, appreciative, appreciative that you actually have that to help you go, go for, go for that experience or, or have that experience. If that makes sense. Yeah. 100%, <laughs> no, it does. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, another factor is like, obviously you do this knowing that you will be going back to a job or you know that there's yeah. something lined up or you have mm-hmm. all intention of like getting back Definitely. to your life. 
and then yeah, you know you don't have to worry about it because then it will just sort of set itself out I agree. I don't know about you guys, but I often find that when I go overseas, I reevaluate so much stuff about my life back home, whether it be relationships, the job I'm in, or even just living circumstances. Like I want to change a certain activity that I do every day because I want to do more. Have you guys felt the same way as well? I mean, Alyssa, you being overseas now, do you think that your life will be completely different for when you go back? Oh, absolutely. It changes every time that I come overseas and, and go back to Australia, just because I feel like there's, when, when you're, when you're overseas and, and traveling, you meet people who are doing the same thing as you. So you relate on a more personal level to them. Mm. And when you go back to Australia, you, you're not necessarily connecting with as many people as you would overseas because They've just been in Australia. Maybe that's yeah, maybe interesting. That's, I don't know. Like that. I don't, I, I don't say that in like, a, in like a negative way, but there's, there's things that, you know, you've obviously seen and experienced with other people over here that, you know, changes your perspective on things or how different people are living or how you, yeah, how you, how you see things in a, in a different way. But in Australia, it's, it's just really different. Probably it's also just you just relate or connect with people who have similar experiences and an understanding of this experience. So most probably you just maybe you even meet like the same amount of people. It's just going to be different because they will have had or might have had the same experiences that uh, like you did, and that kind of you know it's just different types of people maybe who you kind of be drawn to or want to make friends with. In, instead yeah that no that's mm. very true it, it it really does play a big part in once again like who you want to surround yourself with which is another huge part about why travel is really educating yourself because you start mm. realizing who are the people that I genuinely enjoy spending time with and who teach me things and who I learn from and you really figure out who are those best types of people that you want to be yeah, sharing, sharing your energy with. So just one more question, Carter, on this incredible traveling motorbike, badass chick journey that you're going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, sounds loads more glamorous than you know, however I feel. But you've, got you. the, you've got the dog. You've got the dog, Alyssa. <laughs> and the badass dog with his awesome sunnies. Um, <laughs> Would you actually, if you find a place that you're visiting, would you consider staying and living over there rather than returning to Spain if that oh, yeah. um, might happen? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's very much in the cards because, um, as I said, like at the moment we have no ties to Spain, so to say. So that's what we thought. Like if, if we like it somewhere or one of us finds, you know, interest, or opportunity, then we might just stay there and um, and try and make it work and see and see whether we like it. It's just all about kind of experience, like new experiences. You know how we are. Okay, so the whole idea behind also was um, that we are all tied to this routine, and there are certain kind of expectations, society's expectations. You know, you should get a job, you should kind of advance with your career, you should. Uh, marry or not live with a partner you should have kids at least yeah. in hunger it's quite traditional right 
in Spain too, like they're very traditional in this sense. And, and then you find yourself like working loads to be able to pay the rent and keep up the car and the, this and that, whatnot, and like make this whole idea of um, what they imagine the perfect life going. And we just thought maybe, maybe not. Maybe we, we can mm -hmm. kind of jump out of this, disconnect a little bit, be offline a bit more and, and you know, connect with people, experience different countries and cultures and learn some, something new. And that might also mean that we want to settle down for a while in a different country or mm. not and carry on. You know, it's, um, that's the beauty of it for me at the moment. It's just so open and it's just, there are so many possibilities and then we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it works out. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think um, that's why I am so grateful to have you on our podcast talking Carter with all of our <laughs> listeners because you are so inspiring to me. You are truly an ins incredible person. I'm so grateful to have you, have you, you in my life and here in Madrid for these last three weeks. Oh, <laughs> um, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that what's so inspiring about you is that you are not following the traditional um, way of living. You know, you're, you're doing things, um, you know, beyond your thirties that a lot of people don't do because they, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're comfortable. Maybe they're feeling a bit scared to jump out of their comfort zone. Maybe they're, you know, f more focused on just settling down and getting married and having kids or whatever it is. But because you guys don't have those attachments just yet, you are able to do those things and you're taking advantage of that. And that's why I really, really look up to you for that. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> You may not be my cousin, but I would <laughs> adopt you anyways. <laughs> careful, careful. You might see us in Sydney soon in two motorbikes and with a dog. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that. I'd, I'd take you around my local area and show you around some fun spots so it'll work out very well. Brilliant. That's a plan. <laughs> and we can hear about all your travel. We can hear about your travel. It'll inspire me to just quit my job and go overseas and do my own thing. So, you know. There you go. It'll work out. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I feel like you develop really rich intense connections with people who you meet overseas because when you're coming from another country, I think people value, you know, the efforts you're making. They're more intrigued by the differences you bring to the table. And you also bond over things like some shared similarities that they, you know, despite the fact that you guys are different from different parts of the globe. So you bring a lot more to the table. No, that's, that's also, again, like I can, I can totally agree with that. Um, Obviously, you understand, like, you walk that mile in their shoes, so you understand mm -hmm. what people are going through. So, and also, you understand the need of like bonding and having a support system and network. So, I think people are more willing to, to kind of open up and share experiences. And uh, yeah, those friendships can be really deep. And also, it's wonderful to have like a network of people around the world. It adds, um, you know, Hungary is not a very diverse country. Like it's mostly Hungarians and Hungarians with their own ideas. People just kind of travel through, not even immigrants. They don't want to stop here. Um, really, they just go like further west. So for me, um, I, it's an amazing experience to travel because it changed so much of my understanding of the world and how people work and, you know, what else is out there and the diversity. And I think that also helps me kind of you know, just make friends and create bonds and, and understand the need of, um, of having this network. And if I might add, it's just 
I really never understood or never knew because I was never interested in motorbikes. But the beauty of motorcycling is that um, there's already a really kind of uh, close knit network of, of people who are motorcycling mm-hmm. and they're just there for you no matter where you go. Like yeah, you're on a bike. That. If there's a biker, they will stop and help you and offer you whatever you need. Um, so yeah, it's it's very it's a it's a it's the beauty of travels, and it changes you quite a bit, and it helps you kind of relate to people like on a deeper level, probably. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I guess my last um, thing to ask then from each of us would be: What would you say is why is travel so important? It's education. It's it's it's, it's education. Like that's my biggest thing. I le- I've learned more from my, from my travels and from my time living overseas, from my time studying overseas than I ever did at school and in university from any, yeah, for, for me, it's education. I've learned so much, um, not only about the world, but also about myself and what works for me, you know, who, yeah, once again, like who I want to be spending my my time and energy, putting my energy into and really just, yeah, opening your eyes up to different cultures and and really appreciating the world, the amazing world that we have. It's just an incredible, incredible world with the, that we live in and I'm so grateful for it. Agreed. Yeah, Agreed. I totally, I totally agree. It's just um, transformative, right? It's like self-transformation and by transforming yourself, Mm. Oh man, everything changes. It's that was going to be my great. answer. <laughs> oh. God damn it. <laughs> I have nothing to add. No, I'm kidding. I think my only other thing is that it's always about, you know, leaving yourself open to opportunities that are out there too. If you, instead of shortening your list of places and things to do in life, just keep opening them up because the more doors you have open, the more it widens your perspective of the world and also the views of different people you gain a better empathy and understanding and it's just such a much more holistic experience so yes Carter, thank you very much for coming on board with us today this was awesome yeah. thank you Thanks so for much Carter. Me. you're amazing <laughs> my one regret is i'm not on that bike oh uh, yeah well you know if you want to just um come overseas this is true i'll just have to catch you around in a city spontaneously i'm in europe uh in september so who knows there's always an opportunity you see we're gonna be in germany probably around september october hopefully how convenient i'm in germany in september too (laughs) (laughs) on a road trip of my own but in a car and uh i think we'll put uh carter's new instagram handle in our bio once she creates that because there's many a many a photo to follow through that account all right yeah it's already done so yay i'll share it with you yeah (laughs) thank you very much for coming on board this was awesome chatting with you today it was really really fun and you brought a lot to the table thank you so much oh thanks for having me guys it was it was a lot of fun thank you carter that was amazing i loved that that was such a great interview i think a lot of our listeners will get some really cool stuff um out of that more of her please (laughs) carter on a plate please (laughs) so that was the end of our third episode i can't believe how quickly it's gone but we are really excited to hear from some more guest speakers with our upcoming topics over the next month And, you know, we'd love to hear from you. So 
once again, if you've loved our voices, if you, if you love what we're talking about, if you disagree with what we're talking about, if you want to add to our conversation, please send, actually send us an email at whatnowpod at gmail.com. If you want to catch us on social media, you're more than welcome to find our regular updates on Facebook and Instagram. But you don't go there just to stop at our notifications. You go there because they lead you to YouTube, SoundCloud, where you can listen to our voices discuss our upcoming topic for next week, which is money. Yes, we'll be talking in depth about our money next week and what it means to have it, how we used it in order to value our self-worth and why that's not necessarily something that we should be doing when money can actually be a great buyer of experiences. So yes, feel free to tune in. We'll be uploading our episodes as always at 6 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. And if you want to catch us in Spain, it's always 10 a.m. Central European Time. Otherwise, what now? What now? I think we're signing off today now and uh, we'll catch y'all next week about money, money, money. Indeed. Minasama, Jane, Mataraishi. Hasta luego. Ha, 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 ha.